because the thing is, as a business owner, there's so much noise going around. You don't know what to believe, what to trust, what's true, what's not, etc. So we want to be the voice of reason. We want to share balanced arguments with um, clients and show, share our observations as well as what Facebook is sharing. So, you know, if a client has, has had a win, we'll share it with other clients, for example, and, and see if it sparks ideas in them as well. We're on a mission. We're going to find and uncover the smartest, most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Explore their highs, their lows, and how they ultimately mastered the game. I'm Martin Cook, and I'm excited to welcome you to the Smarter Destiny podcast. I'm grateful for you and your time. Now let's level up together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a live version of the Smart Destiny podcast where we are welcoming our special guest and close friend, Depesh Mandalia. He has been on already. I can't remember what episode number actually you were. We've Sure, surely it's number one, right? Must be close to number one. In terms of closeness to heart, number one. But you were number 32 chronologically. Um, That's so close we, enough. Exactly. Um, and, and what we decided to do today was we decided to um, do a live version, um, stream all over the internet, um, and discuss Facebook ads right now in this climate, but also how Depeche overcame such a deadly virus that has taken on the world and has come back stronger, healthier, better looking and more well endowed than ever. And so without further ado, these days are, yep, sounds right. Uh, without further ado, Depesh, how are you, man? I'm actually good. Um, it was about, I think now two, maybe even three weeks ago that I went through this. And, you know, at the time it was just when in the UK in particular, the discussions were picking up, but we were nowhere near where we are right now. So the lockdown situation was not a thing. Airports were open. Even back then, like flights were coming in from Italy, from China, etc. Like the UK basically said, there's no such thing. We're just going to carry on as we are. <laughs> and yeah, then like my area in particular, so I'm in Northwest London in Stanmore. Our local hospital, I believe, has one of the highest deaths in the country. The thing is, we're close to Heathrow Airport, so there's a lot of travel that goes around as well. And like, yeah, like when, when it kind of happened, I had a week of not feeling well. I had a cold, then I recovered. Then the weekend, I, I was just knocked out. It was fever, high temperature, just lethargic, painful uh, limbs, all that kind of stuff. And then just two, two days, I was just wiped out. At that stage, we weren't really thinking about corona because... The UK were kind of adamant that it's not really here and all that kind of stuff. At that point, Italy was really taking off. So, you know, both me and my wife said, you know, it's probably just a flu type thing. But then it's like, I haven't had a flu for a long time. And also getting a flu kind of middle of March, I've never had that before. I've always had it like November, December, Jan time. Mm. And we called up the, um, in, in the UK, there's like a 111 support service. It's like pre-hospital kind of uh, call. Yeah. And, you know, that, that was all blocked. We couldn't do anything. Spoke to, I uh, went online to do some research and they said, do not go to your hospital if you fear that you have corona. Obviously, you don't want to pass it around. I'm like, what do you do? I'm, I'm sick. I don't know if I've got it. What should I do? And my wife phoned up her doctor friend who's on the front line of all this. I talked to her through kind of what I'm going through and stuff. She goes, you've got coronavirus. I'm like, like I, I was trying to understand, like, why are you so confident? She goes, the symptoms you're describing, um, I'm seeing this all the time. Like she's based up in uh, Manchester, so she's seeing it all in her in her local wards and stuff. And she goes, it, you know, it's it is coronavirus. You need to. So this this was her thing. 
stay at home for two weeks, complete lockdown, all that kind of stuff. So we were actually in lockdown, I think about two weeks before the UK was in lockdown. So our lockdown finished, just as the UK say, said the whole of the UK needs to lock down. Um, and, and now that I've seen the stories come out of, first of all, when I, when I went through this, I was like, I'm fine. I'm not 70 plus. I don't have health problems. I'm generally healthy. I'll be fine, etc. And then that seemed to be the thing four weeks ago, that as long as you're in the kind of at-risk category, then you'd be fine. A week and a half ago, a 36-year-old uh, woman in my area died from this. That's quite close to my age. So that kind of, when I kind of look back and like, like that put hairs on my arms up, because then I realized it's actually, it, it could have been worse. Because I, I went all the way down to having breathing problems, um, painful chest and stuff like that. The next stage is that you can't breathe. Your oxygen levels go down. Then you have to go into intensive care. I didn't hit that for whatever reason. And, you know, I just think it's up until that point, I wasn't so concerned about it. But then after seeing yeah. that the younger people were dying and now kids are dying and stuff like that, that kind of just hit a bit more home as well. So, yeah, that was that was an experience. I, I, I cannot begin to imagine. And also like the uncertainty right now where it's like, Joe, you know I'm 99% sure that I definitely had it and I had all of the symptoms, but still haven't got that confirmation, haven't got that, that thing. And, and I mean, and, you know, obviously like, um, you know, I'm a prankster. I'm a, I'm a mischievous guy. I like to make, um, make humor. Um, you know, that's, that's a supporting thing. And, and I can, can assure everybody that's, um, that's watching right now, I'm taking coronavirus very, very seriously. Um, and, and it is not a laughing matter, but we will still try and inject some humor. So I'm going to, I'm just going to ask, uh, let, let me, let me share a bit of humor on what do. happened after. So, on, on the Monday, um, I, I think, I can't remember if I posted on the Monday or Tuesday to Facebook to say, this is what I went through. And someone messaged me and said, hey, there's a there's a, a Harley Street clinic. So if anyone's in the UK or London, Harley Street is pretty high end for yeah, doctors yeah. and things yeah. like that. So someone messaged me, said there's a Harley Street clinic that's doing at home COVID-19 tests. He goes, if you think you've got it, go and order it. I was like, great. I, I ordered it, went onto the site. It was a standard Shopify store. I thought, all right, that's cool. Um, ordered the product, got the confirmation. It'll be between two or three days. Second day came, I think third day, fourth day. By the, I think fourth or fifth day, I emailed them and I said, look, I'm still waiting for this. What's going on? Didn't get a reply. And then about a day or two later, I saw a news article of the same um, company and the owner that had made, I think, 2.1 million pounds worth of sales from this store. And they weren't able to fulfill because what had happened was he, he, he basically created a dropship store. That's all it was. It was a dropship. The Harley Street Clinic um, was buying from someone else, which is dropship, and selling it direct. The problem was he didn't expect the demand to be as high as it was, and they just could not fulfill. And in the end, like long and short is I got a refund. But the worst thing is I really needed a kit. Um, mm -hmm. The kit in particular would have told me, when I had it, if I had the virus at the time, it doesn't test for antibodies. There's two parts of the testing. One is whilst you've got the virus, the second part is antibodies. So by that time, like a, a good week's passed, I've got no test kit, still can't get a test kit. Um, but but it, it, was an, it was an anxious time. And, you know, I actually wrote a post in my group about this to tell, to, to kind of use that as an example for poor quality dropship, which is, I see a lot, this happened a lot of time where people fire up a store they try and drop shit from China, wherever it is, and they can't fulfill. 
then their page gets a low quality score on Facebook and then their ad account gets shut down and they have to start a new one and they're blacklisted and then it creates a whole spiral effect. And the thing is, as a business owner, you have to consider everything. If you think that you want to launch a store and you want to generate money and all that kind of stuff, you need to be thinking about customer experience and customer satisfaction. And I think that's a big thing that people just don't consider. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm torn. I, I don't know whether the guy is like like a hustler, like a like a true entrepreneur for like jumping in. And I don't know if it's the guy that was literally taken to court the same week. I don't know if that's the same guy you're referring I to. Think I think it was be. around around the two million mark that he did, or whether it was just just a, a flat out scammer. And and but kind of either way, if you can't fulfill, particularly in a in a um you know in an environment like this, just don't um don't get involved now for those those that are um tuned in right now and um this this we're using Streamyard for those that are interested which is is new to both depeche and myself this is true we are like um breaking new ground and possibly breaking Streamyard. i'm not sure but um for those of you are um live and tuned in and we can see like a account across youtube and facebook across multiple pages and and and, and stuff it's, it's really really cool in, in in that respect um please do uh throw in comments any comments that you've got any questions that you've got um please throw them into the the the, ch the chat box of whatever platform you're on right now because we can actually see them we can see them on our dashboard here and um we're going to answer them because we are in fact live as per the inda indicator which is uh that way i have to mirror image point i'm actually just pointing at depeche here but above his head is the live thing for um for me right now and, and we're going to get into um facebook ads as well guys it's not just i, I was just um, reading one of the comments and laughing on the side it's quite funny yeah yeah i, I, I I'm, I'm just assuming that particular comment was uh tongue-in-cheek but the other comments are nice depeche people are wishing you well and saying that they're, they're glad you recovered and and they hope the swelling in your penis has gone down by now and, and so that's really nice of them it's, it's really oh, good. oh was it that covid i thought it was the other one you're talking about <laughs> it's the covid yeah um so so when you actually and and again we're going to go into the into the into like the facebook things and we're going to touch and we're going to merge and we're probably going to jump about with the questions and i've got some great questions for you in a bit as well but um it, when it when it first kind of began to take over was it was it similar to was it like flu-esque in terms of sort of low energy want to lay down that kind of thing or was it just or was it like something something different like it just just different I, I felt it was quite different. So I first started feeling lethargic, but I also didn't feel hungry. Like I felt quite bloated and stuff. Initially, I thought maybe it was food poisoning because um, I just felt like I, I felt nauseous. I felt like something had to come out. I hadn't eaten, but even then I didn't eat that whole Saturday. So that was the first thing. And then just the feeling lethargic, I, maybe I'm run down. I ended up sleeping most of Saturday. And then the fever kicked in, then the limbs started hurting. And then I was just literally slept most of Saturday, slept most of Sunday. Um, and one of the interesting things is, um, I don't know if, if you guys are aware of the aura ring. So I've got the aura ring. And if I just show you my temperature spike there, that was the Oof. night I had a really bad fever. So you can kind of see the, the trends and patterns. So like prior to that and kind of after that, it was okay. And actually my temperature dropped and I was really, um, you can see there's a, slight drop after or whatever it is but it's like a middle that, finger spiked. that is exactly and that was a huge <laughs> spike my temperature went over 38 degrees um and and then during sunday it started to decrease just drinking lots of water paracetamol painkiller um and then just finding out what to do so i, I spent most of the day just 
searching on uh, Google to find answers because like I, I didn't know what to do. Should I? Maybe it's a flu. Do I worry, etc.? Started to look at the NHS websites. Fell down the rabbit hole of conspiracy stories and stuff like that. <laughs> and you know that was you know is it five G? No, it's not five G. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of just finding out like what should I do? And then like I said, ended up speaking to a doctor friend, and she was like within me just speaking for about 10 seconds explaining what I went through. She goes, you've got it. You need to stay at home. You need to self-isolate, et cetera. So actually at that point, because the UK wasn't in lockdown, we had to keep the kids home. We we had to uh, tell people you can't come visit us. We weren't allowed to leave. And, you know, one of the worst things, and then, you know, for some people it sounds a bit um, uh, kind of, what's the word, like, so for, for me, the worst thing right now is that we've got no no staff to help us at, how, at home. Like I don't want to sound all posh and stuff like that. We've got no health. <laughs> the people, got no off, nanny. Yeah, so. yeah all, all our gardeners and everything is gone. Like, like we have no nanny, um, we've got no cleaner, and we've got no personal assistant. Those three people help to keep the house uh, ticking over. Now, if I tell you I've got five kids, we kind of need it. Like there's no way me and my wife can run our businesses together without that home support. We're now into week four of not having that home support. And I'm telling you what, it is really, really hard work because we're, we're still in self-isolation and it's literally me and my wife managing five kids and a couple of businesses and the house and everything else that goes on with it. And it's, it's really, really difficult. Wow. Um, guys, live right now, just just put like an emoji or, or hit that like button or something. Get, show some kind of love and support for, for Depeche. And five I would kids, appreciate that. Five kids. <laughs> um, and uh, what is hopefully still quite a bus uh, busy business right now. And so would you, um, like obviously you, you run a, a Facebook ads agency, a, a very, very good one. Um, one, uh, one of the rare ones, which is actually quite inter interconnected with Facebook themselves. Um, we, we know this from the last podcast, you know, um, you and Facebook are in regular communication and they're asking for feedback on new features. You get early access um, and they, and they give you a heads up and insight into things. Um, what have you seen across your um, your clients? So does it follow the trend that a lot of other agencies where like some clients are like boomed, some clients have dropped? Like, like what are you seeing just generally in the Facebook advertising landscape uh, like right now? Absolutely. So we're, we're fortunate that we only lost one client, but we didn't lose them per se. We put their contract on hold. And here's the other thing, like a lot of agencies are struggling with. So this was... In fact, we've um, lost one client that's gone on pause, another client that's got two businesses with us, one had to pause because of the situation, one's still running. All three are local based. So number one is an events company, they do six figure spends, huge global um, kind of footprint. They're not running events, so they've had to zero their spend out. They're doing like uh, some entertainment things where you can come and play VR and stuff like that. And they've had to pause their ad spend because no one is allowed to go and visit the VR. But the third business that's local is actually booming is a food delivery app because right, why, what, everyone needs to um, deliver their food now because they can't go and collect it and stuff like that. So um, there are kind of pros and cons with some of the local businesses. But one of the decisions we took on early was we, we wanted to over communicate with our customers, find out uh, our clients, find out what's working for them, what's not, what their challenges are and find find a way that we can consult them. So. You know, for example, with the client that had to pause their ad spend, we put any kind of retainer on credit for, or I remember if it was six months or 12 months, but we're, we are trying to kind of work with them on enabling them to come back. And, you know, you don't want to penalize them just as much as they don't want to penalize you as a client. 
So, you know, I see a lot of people that end up canceling the uh, contract because their client can't um, pay or whatever it is. But I think it's a time for empathy right now, especially as an agency owner, to just show that you are there for your clients because that pays back dividends uh, months down the line. Then our other clients, so we have a client in the uh, beauty space. Now, we've done okay with them since last August. They've been with us. But over the last two weeks, their cost per acquisition and their ROAS has been absolutely through the roof. They scaled their spend from about 10K a day to 50, 60K a day ad spend um, to the extent that we've had to, they've they've actually paused their spend because their factories can't keep up with demand through all the sales that they're generating. So there's, there's some industries that are suffering, obviously local for obvious reasons, travel and tourism as well. But there's others that are booming. So supplements, health, and even home fitness and coaching and stuff like that. They've absolutely taken off. Right now with Facebook, the costs have massively dropped as well. So CPMs are down. Um, and, and then you get situations where, and, and I think this is quite dangerous. I've seen a, a few agencies sharing um, their, their kind of insights as to what's happening with industries. So they'll share a report. And maybe they've got 20 clients. Maybe they've got 50 clients. But they're saying like apparel is down, apparel suffering, and this niche is suffering. And you should worry about that. How much data actually do they have on apparel as an industry to say that? Because we work with Facebook, and Facebook is sharing data with us that says um, apparel is still steady, but there's certain pockets. For example, they found that the 18 to 24 um, age range is actually buying more apparel online. This is Facebook. This is Facebook that has billions and billions of data points versus a small agency that have 50 clients, let's say, that are now saying, oh, you know, you should stop advertising in Apparel because it's a problem. No one's that got a place right quite now. Dangerous. Yeah. And, and I think that's quite dangerous. So I think, um, like, we're, we're trying to be level-headed with this as much as possible using the data points. There, there, there are some agencies that share some really good insights, and that's, that's amazing. But I will just tell... Uh, other agency owners, store owners, whatever kind of businesses are out there, is just kind of think about the data that you're seeing. Just start questioning what you're actually reading. Same happens with coronavirus. There's so many conspiracies that I hate my family sending me WhatsApp messages, all these conspiracies, and I can't opt out because they're my family. But, you know, you have to just take it uh, with a pinch of uh, salt. Uh, Someone's just asking, are people still going to salons? This is actually um, an online... Uh, hair dye kit. It's personalized and stuff. So people can't go to salons. They can use this service to order online. So just to explain, uh, there's another question. Sorry, I'm answering your questions, Martin. But apparel is clothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Apparel is basically just clothing for anyone that's asking. So I I think there's big opportunity to be had on Facebook. One other thing that Facebook reported um, was their experience of seeing recessions and data is that when the recession actually happens, the, the drop in spend doesn't happen straight away. So there's a there's a kind of a, a, a phase. So phase one is recession, and we haven't quite hit that yet. There's huge layoffs. If you look at the US numbers, it's really quite scary. But the actual recession, recession means kind of pulling back. That then happens in a second stage, and then spend starts to pull back as well. So there is still some opportunity. Um, you see, I, I think there is opportunities to launch new things if you've got things that will fit in with industries that will sell. Um, but yeah, I just think use data points um, sparingly and kind of make 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 sense of it for where you are and just don't try not to be kind of caught up with too much noise as well. 
Absolutely. The only the only true way to know exactly how your product is going to perform in this environment is to test and uh, like your 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 product in this environment. Um, and so what kind of like on that note, what kind of um, copy and creative um, are you seeing? Like what like like the commentary, the, the you know, the angles uh, and what have you. What are you seeing working right now in this environment? That's a great question, because, you know, one of the big uh, key right now is pivot. So pivoting your business, if it's uh, not working offline, can you take it online? Pivoting your uh, projects, your cost base and revenue models and stuff like that. We're actually pivoting our digital products right now, just based on what's going on. The, what we actually found, so for example, we've got a uh, client in the clothing space and they saw the same thing, that costs were dropping, but conversion was dropping. And it came down to just pivoting those angles, the ad copy angles based on the change in the consumer mindset. So if, if for example, someone is stuck at home, doesn't mean that they'll stop ordering online, but maybe what's changed is wanting to buy something because it's um, a, a nice to have versus is it actually essential for me right now? They're the kind of questions that are, go, are going on in people's minds. Um, I, I think it will be a lot of kind of these um, drop shippy style products, which are gadgets and things like that may be harder to sell because people will do I know think about the context what context does your product have and is there an angle you can bring in to uh, attract a buyer for example so we're, we're actually finding our top of funnel ads some of them adapt but a lot of it comes down to retargeting so for example if you have a free returns policy 30 days 60 day whatever it is maybe it's time to highlight it a bit more because people want confidence that they can buy your products and return it for free in lieu of having to go to a shop. So especially if you can buy your product in, in a physical store, trying to sell that online, that's one thing. Giving people reassurance around delivery, that's something we're playing around with as well in retargeting and also our product page is just making it clear that despite some you know restrictions around travel, our products are still being delivered. That, that three to five day shipping time is real. Or if the shipping time have, has to change, be completely upfront about it. Don't try and sell people in on three to five days and then apologize via email and say, oh, it's going to take 15 days. That will really piss people off. Be upfront about it. Just say, you know, due to uh, demand or whatever it is, our shipping times are slightly delayed, but, you know, this this is the state of affair. Or give them a discount and stuff like that. One of the things that Facebook did uh, uh, share from research is they they survey, I, I can't remember how many people were, a thousand or something like that. And they asked people, what do, do they expect from online retailers during during this whole crisis, they expected the number one thing to be discounts and actually it wasn't the number one. Number one was um, to, to know how people are dealing with the situation and, and then to kind of see a bit more transparency in uh, what the businesses are applying if they're doing any, any local charity and stuff like that. And then further, like it was discounts. I think a lot, of, I've seen a lot of people offering discounts to try and bring people in. I don't know if that's really the, the motivator right now. So I think it's just understanding your consumer, you'll, you'll know your avatar better than anyone, but now think about their mindset. So they're now stuck at home, a lot of people in isolation. Why would they want to buy your product? What's the, what's the instigator? What's the kind of the, 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 the spark to reignite their interest in your product? So that's how I'd kind of try and play around with ad angles.
I like that, and 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 that's certainly reflective of of um, like what we're seeing across the board and uh, and through our network and uh, and connections right now. And it and it is a tough one. For like there there are certain retailers that um, are struggling um, in um, in in our brand. Um, Newbury, we, we're doubling down now on uh, PR, and um, we're actually going to be featured in uh, the Guardian Express and Mirror in the next two weeks. Um, actually, uh, two of those is this Sunday. Which, that's two million viewers um, across those. And what was interesting um, in conversations with them is that um, right now they said that in the UK, newspapers are the number two most purchased item. Do you want to have a guess at number one? In the comments, have a guess at number one, if you like. So the number one bought, purchased item right now in the UK above newspapers, which is at number two. What do you reckon, Depeche? I have no idea. <laughs> Potatoes? <laughs> I was like, toilet paper, surely, toilet paper. Um, so it turns out, and I know there will be a lag between when we've just asked that and when comments start coming in. So, um, <clears throat> But actually, the number one um, most purchased item right now in the UK above newspapers, according to um, according to the, uh, you know, the guy trying to, um, you know, get me to be featured in more newspapers, um, is bananas. So apparently in the UK, it's bananas. Um, so it goes bananas and then newspapers. Now, newspapers make sense because people have time on their hands. And, um, you know, and, but also, I mean, like I'm, I'm someone that, that follows like the Tim Ferriss um, sort of philosophy that news is kind of um, like what he says is you don't need to follow the news. Anything important, um, you know, you'll hear about just just it will just come to you kind of thing in your in your news feeds or whatever and if you ever feel like um oh maybe there's something i should know about you could just literally ask a stranger hey um i didn't catch the news this morning is there anything i should know about and and you can have a great conversation with a stranger um but i think he wasn't talking about a sort of worldwide to a uh, world world war ii level um pandemic uh when he wrote that and and so um you know right now i've definitely been following the news a little bit more to see kind of what's going on what our government's telling us to do what's happening whether there's a light at the end of the tunnel and so on and i think that behavior is probably reflected across um across the world and depending on what generation you are if you're of the older generation well your news has historically always come from newspapers and so we for for me and and this is actually an opportunity for people um and and why we pursued this opportunity newspapers have been a declining media source for a while right and people have been have been getting um, getting their news online or just generally not buying um newspapers and so their ad costs and 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 competitiveness and all kinds of stuff has all been um declining over that time um and now journalists are at home and so they haven't quite got access to the resources and the stuff that they have to to do their journalism at the very best and but it's also at a time where there's been an uptick in in readers being like i need to stay apprised of the news i'm going to buy all the newspapers as frequently as often uh, as often and the newspapers will deliver now um as well they've all they've all pivoted to home delivery just quite a smart move and so um so we recognize that that was quite a quite a good opportunity to get um eyeballs um uh with the right angling and so i guess one of the things um like, like you said you know it's you, you understand like the, the the people reading uh watching right now understand their business better than anyone um 
but obviously there is a need to pivot, even if you're just sort of acknowledging the current climate in some way. Um, you know, uh, one of our advisors, uh, so a guy named Josh Elizetti, he's on the board of advisors for uh, for Newbury. Um, you know, their ads, uh, they're a teeth whitening brand and, and their ads have pivoted now to be like, um, make sure your teeth are white for the next Zoom call, right? Because, you know, everyone's on Zoom and one of the conspiracy theories is Zoom did all this, right? Bad Zoom kind of thing. Um, but even that is, is a pivot. It's a change in, change in uh, messaging and a, a, and a change in angle. And so um, certainly to, to, to add on to what you're saying, and I want to, you know, go right back to you. That that pivot could just it, it it could be as small as changing the wording in your ad, but it, it could also be like where are the impressions um, right now? Like like what's going on in on in this world? Um, so what has um, what advice have you had? So so in your communications with Facebook lately, what advice has come in from them um, that you not only have received but also you're like yeah no that I you filtered and it's the it's the it's the good stuff that's come in well one one came in today as, as a reminder which was like if you're running a local business and you can't drive business into your store why not sell gift vouchers online like it was just such an obvious thing that uh facebook picked up because some retailers started doing that and it's just thinking about ways around that so for example we're speaking to the events company about doing lead gen about doing virtual events, for example, and, and finding ways to keep the business ticking over because the, you know, if you absolutely stop advertising right now and you turn on in six months' time, you've lost six months of custom or at least building up ready for people to buy as well. So I think that's something which Facebook have talked about, which is you know, they, that CPMs have dropped. I know there's conspiracy stories of Facebook controlling CPM, but I think this is a great example of demand has dropped because advertisers especially travel and leisure and local have pulled out of the auctions cpms have dropped automatically this is just a, a, the nature of it at a time going into the end of march and into april traditionally where cpms actually go up because competition increases is end of the year for a lot of companies they dump money in so the cpms are low so the question is how can you take advantage of that right now if you can't sell e-com whatever you're doing can you lead gen? Can you build relationships? Can you nurture them, et cetera, et cetera? So I think that's that that was quite pertinent. Um, other things are around just kind of keeping your customers informed, like as an agency, because we're part of the agency support team, keeping one thing that I, I've actually spoken to Facebook about is that we're trying to be over communicating it as well. Just keeping the information going to our clients, make them, because the thing is as a business owner, there's so much noise going around. You don't know what to believe, what to trust, what's true, what's not, et cetera. So we want to be the voice of reason. We want to share balanced arguments with um, clients and show, share our observations as well as what Facebook is sharing. So you know, if a client has, has had a win, we'll share it with other clients, for example, and, and see if it sparks ideas in them as well. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I'll be honest, like the amount of info coming through from Facebook, we can't keep up. So we actually have one of our juniors almost dedicated to just going to visiting all their webinars, reading through all their uh, white papers, their documents that they're sharing. And we're creating a, a weekly, um, uh, a, I share a weekly breakdown of the key things that we've seen and we just share that out to clients. So it just becomes a bit more digestible. 
Oh, wow, I, I, um, that's that's nuts. But at least Facebook are following their own advice in terms of the the sort of over communication um, to a certain extent. So um, those of you that are uh, watching right now live, um, this is live, okay? And this is the very first episode of the Smart Destiny podcast that we've actually done live, and it's completely impromptu, and it's across. Um, like five different uh, places right now and so um it means that i can do things uh like this um questions that you put in the comments field it doesn't matter if you're on youtube or on facebook across the groups and the pages um it all comes into our screen right now so if you've got a question um about uh digital marketing um and your business and digital marketing like getting traffic getting success getting sales right now for your business um, even an offline business potentially, now is a great time to ask that question. Between Depeche and I, we can cover a lot of bases. We've sold to a lot of people. So um, uh, let's let's start with this one from Kanyan. I'm going to guess that's how you say it. Cool. So, so in, in, input on promoting Facebook group during this time. So first of all, technically you're not allowed to directly promote uh, Facebook group via ads. But in any case, like I, I, I've seen people, I've seen ads in my newsfeed where people are doing a likes campaign to like a page or they're doing a campaign to say, join our newsletter. That That's not why people want to like your page. It's not why someone wants to join your newsletter. It's not why someone wants to join your group. It's not, you know, people say you will share discounts, promotions or insights and stuff like that. People are looking for um, what we call the sizzle, not the sausage. So it's the, it's the kind of outcome of, you know, if, if for example, you're, you're cooking chicken, for example, they want the flavor that comes out of it. So you don't sell them on that. In the UK, for example, Marks and Spencer's did some really, really good ads um, or TV ads a few years ago selling food. But the way they did it is they just used tantalizing words and photography and videos and stuff that really made you want to go and buy that food and eat it. That's, that's, a, that's a whole concept of marketing is to try and build that. So if you're promoting a Facebook group, what, what's the outcome? Like, what's the reason why, not, not why someone wants to join, but what's the reason they stay? Like, it's just a slight shift. You don't want them to join, but figure out why, if you've got an existing group, what is that all delivering? What's the transformation or the output or the change or the benefit? Use that in your ad and, and get people to, um, I, I personally would use some kind of lead magnet to get them into your email, email list to say, hey, by the way, we've got community or some, you know, whatever it is and then get people into the group that way. So that way you've got your, their email address, address first of all, and then you can push them into your group, get them to like your page and whatever, whatever else you need from that as well. Like um, there was a question on local biz digital marketing. So um, like I said, local businesses, a lot of them are struggling. So I'm, I'm not sure what your question pertains to because if you're pr promoting something and the establishment can't take business, then that's a problem. But like I mentioned before, if they can sell gift vouchers, then that's an option. If you can get them somehow get them onto a list and engage them, for example, let's say the local business has a local community, whether it's Facebook or something else, get their email address, trying to get them into that community and then kind of um, share stuff with them. So uh, I think he's followed up and said restaurants, for example. So a lot of restaurants have actually started to up with companies like Deliveroo, DoorDash, and all these different companies, because they can't accept people into their establishments. They do want to keep operating. But one of the things that kind of caught us up was, as we started to scale up this food delivery app, and we were selling more and more online, 
the actual restaurants would struggle for ingredients because the delivery network around them wasn't um, as operational as it should be. So then a lot of res restaurants suffered with that as well. So like with the example of the dropship guy from Harley Street, just bear in mind your kind of uh, supply and demand and whether you can still kind of fulfill and, and don't annoy your customers. That's, I, think, I think that's a fantastic um, answer there. And I'd like to throw in a couple of um, couple of extras on the, particularly on the restaurant front. So uh, one thing that I've seen is uh, certain restaurants that, are doing they've pivoted to do home delivery or they're, they're doing home delivery they've um kind of stood out by offering things like a, a little bottle of hand sanitizer and a roll of toilet paper with what they're delivering um as well as um a lot of them of just getting rid of like delivery fees uh, and things like that really reinforcing that the the delivery is contact free and you know a self-distance um things like that and then the other thing that i would suggest as well particularly if you're in this space or and you're you're in a kind of <clears throat> business that um isn't necessarily operational right now and it's it's, it's you know it's, it's building on what depeche said earlier on is you can <clears throat> sell um in the future okay so um for example vegas i have it on good authority right now whilst vegas is very very quiet and we can imagine that they, they actually um as a year like the whole year um you know in, in its complete form they're actually going to have a pretty good year right they're, they're, it's not going to be their best year but they're still going to have a pretty good year because all they've done is just moved everything into uh, into the future right because we know that this will uh, be over. They've got insurance for the various events and so on that they're throwing up. They're throwing, so they can just push it out into the future. So they're just taking bookings for the future. And so what you can do with your local businesses is you can incentivize users to to book out in the future, or you could give them um, you can give them the option to buy gift cards for booking in the future, but um, at a discount on those gift cards. And so um, you can still get money coming in now, um, but you're sort of uh, you know the service will be delivered. Um, in in the future so um hopefully that helps but go, yeah guys and girls that are, that are on live right now please do keep asking um those questions they as i said they show up um on our screen here and i can even make it show up on your screen through the power of this wonderful um Streamyard app you, you know um now. related to what you just said um one thing i i shared on my um i think it was a newsfeed or group recently was just imagine once the lockdown is lifted how sold out events will be, conferences, concerts, everything that you cannot access right now is absolutely going to sell out. So it's better to try and sell out now with a bit of flexibility to say, you know, we're now booking for September, but if anything goes wrong, we'll be flexible. But as soon as the lockdowns are lifted and people go back to normal, everything's going to sell out, flights, holidays, everything. So you can either wait and then possibly lose out because, you know, lots of... Um, your, your competitors are already booked and their sales are growing. Or you can think about how you can prep now and, and keep things ticking over as well. Um, uh, exactly. All of those things that we're all like dying to do right now in our isolation, um, you know, we're going to go straight out and, 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 and do it. I'm going to hit so many cricket balls once I'm out, Tepesh. You, you have no <laughs> idea. Those balls won't know what's happened. Um, <laughs> and so... Um, we are obviously we are in the podcast and i do um have some uh see we're in season two i do have some season two questions so whilst um obviously any questions for the people um tuning in right now please do ask those questions they will come in in the comments and i can squeeze them in but in the meantime depesh you ask season one's um questions um but are you ready for season two uh question round let's do it are you two thumbs up ready you remember that 
Seven kg ready. <laughs> I love that. Let's do it. It's not, it's not a brag. Right, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Question number one. What superhero would you be and why? That's an interesting one. Um, I, I would be Superman because I think he doesn't use his talents as good as he should be. The guy, he should be absolutely immune to everything. Like he, he I know in the comics he... he ends up getting battered and beaten often and stuff like that. And unfortunately, he's scripted in such a way that he's he's so formidable that they make some of his decision-making a bit poor just so that enemies can have a chance and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, with his abilities, I, I think I'd probably go for Superman. Also, one of the reasons is, you know, one of the... Uh, I, I read an article actually on Quora. I, I love Quora just for hmm. random stuff. And they were saying, like, the difference between Superman and Batman. So like Superman sees the best in people, Batman sees the worst in people, Superman likes to forgive, Batman punish and stuff like that. So I think from that kind of um, inner feeling, I would be more of a Superman because I like to give people a chance. I like to see the best in humanity and stuff like that. So I, I, I try to reform, forgive and stuff like that as opposed to punish and whatever. So yeah, I think I'd go with that. Nice. Question two, what's one thing that people often incorrectly assume about you? Uh, that I'm in control. <laughs> One, I had a message two weeks ago saying, um, can you share with us like how you're managed to, managing to keep your business and life in check and stuff? I don't know what gave this person the impression that uh, my life's in check. It's not. Like I just explained to you earlier in the call, I've got five kids. I've got no help at home. We're in complete lockdown. Uh, see that we run. We've got an info product business. We've got e-com and affiliates and some real estate business as well. There's a lot going on in our lives, and there are only 24 hours in a day, of which, unfortunately, I have to give up six to eight to sleep. So actually, <laughs> if you then break that down and look at the time that the kids need, because kids need attention, our, our kids are all quite young, I don't have much time to do work right now, and, and work being new projects, ideas, launches, things like that. Um, just this week, we've had to reposition a lot of our, our strategic plans for Q2 and really dial them back in, because it's taking it. My, my time is so limited, and my family and kids come first, and I just need to help out there. So yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm like the image of the swan that's gliding along the kind of lake, and it looks so cool from the outside, but underneath it's paddling furiously away just to keep itself going. So yeah, that's me. I love that, and that's so um, so authentic and um, and and real. Uh, because uh, yeah, I, I think there's definitely been some mental anguish um, across the world, and and I, I've said this a few times, like live, like publicly. Um, every single fucking person in the world is feeling a higher level of emotion right now. Absolutely. You are normal, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like you know, somebody. There are composed people, right? And and you know, we had we had uh, um, we had Roland Fraser on uh, for an expert call for the Cartels uh, Mastermind yesterday. I was gesturing to my my hat down there with a the logo. You can't see that. I don't know why I did that. Um, but we had him on, right? And and he, and he started the call brilliantly. You know, he said like, "So how are you, Roland?" And he said like, "Which story do you want?" Because obviously the guy owns like a billion businesses, and and he, and, and he's like, "Do you want the, do you want the story about how all of the the businesses um, on on this hand are?" 
you know, struggling right now, and this is dropped, and this is ding, and we've just rescheduled TNC, which took a fair amount of work, by the way. Oh, um, or, or do you want the story of um, how this business is crushing it, and how we've just added this many members? And and he said, you know, there's two sides to to every story, but but you know, um, you know, I said the the thing about emotion, and he's like, yeah, of course, right? Like, you know, everybody right now is feeling feeling um, that, and so the fact that you've answered that question so authentically, saying, um, yeah, the the thing that people are incorrectly assuming is that i'm in control um yeah yeah and and i think i think don't assume that about anyone um there is a ton of emotion going on um right now um and it's and it's uh, it's impactful like um we have our shit in order here at, at home um you know with the, the the businesses are you know solid they can they can tick through they can survive this um but like things that i didn't expect was um you know we're doing some deals with some some US businessmen um at the moment like we you know we've got we've got a sale going through we've got an investment going through and so on and um you know but these people are real you know people with emotion and um you know that there was on the, on one single day two big deals came through and suddenly like changed uh, just because it's a person at the end of the day making the decisions that person has emotion it's completely understandable um and yeah certainly I'm trying to practice a little bit of um empathy i guess when when we are rarely out in public and um you know you know self-distancing and so on and someone does something and you're like what an idiot and then you you know in your head and you're like they're going through stuff everyone's going through stuff Calm some slack um anyway question three what is the most and this is this is controversial by design what is the most pointless subject ta taught at schools and what would you replace it with interesting um I, I that's a really real tough one. I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, I the thing that comes to mind is probably something like geography. Um, I, I think it was interesting, but if I had to lose something, it'd probably be geography. Do you mean like right now when no one's traveling? So it's not that. Well, there is that as well, but like learning about clouds and mapping and all that kind of stuff. It was just like even back then, it was not that interesting or useful, and I don't think really it's been useful to me so probably geography are you telling me that learning how rivers uh the the like the, the bends in rivers are formed isn't hasn't helped you with your facebook ads not facebook it's maybe helped me with um no it hasn't helped with anything <laughs> it hasn't helped you. so what would you, what would you replace it with i would replace it with something that actually teaches skills beyond um how to be a nine-to-five worker like I, I think you'll hear that from most entrepreneurs I'm teaching my kids as much as I can around the fact that you know it, you can do things without following the path that a lot of people see as normal. You can work from wherever you want. The online world is a big opportunity space. Uh, my eldest is 12. We're trying to um, spark his interest in e-com and Facebook ads and dropship, and, and he wants to start his own dropship store. So that's amazing. And I think if there's an opportunity for kids to to see the the possibilities i, I actually saw saw um a, a video from someone who was it i think it was um oh, i can't remember but he he's we are teaching kids about creating their ideal career path before actually adult it's a concept kids are at school kids become teenagers and we're asking them what do you want to be what do you what what university subject do you want to go into? What career do you want before they've actually even lived? That's actually just messed up if you think about it. So I think I, I would want something which shows people the possibilities. It doesn't say 
you know, you can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor, you can be an engineer, a computer scientist, stuff like that. Because even back in my days, I, I felt like that was quite a stressful thing to think about when I was 16 and 17. And I was asked, like, if you go to university, what do you want to charge? Uh, sorry, what do you want to um, what do you want to be? I literally went through and looked at the highest paying jobs and said, I, I maybe want to be that or maybe that. That's that's kind of the mindset of it. And I think yeah. that's something which I would want to introduce is show people whatever their passion is, you can follow it in different ways. Nice. Um, and I, I think that's a great answer. And so we've had a couple of questions um, come in. So um, remember, guys that are streaming in uh, live right now, you can just literally just type in the comments any question that you've got about running a business in this climate, about Facebook ads, particularly advanced tips, about digital businesses, uh, selling online, anything like that. Just throw it into the question box and between Depeche and I, we will get that answered. But And what I can do as well, whether you, whether you, you can tell me if you don't want it on, but I can do things like this, boom, boom, boom. And I can get the, um, the question that has been asked um, right there on the screen for all of you. So what's your number one strategy, not your number two, your number one strategy, Depeche, for engaging people online who are totally unaware of your brand? So there's two things I look at. Number one is... Um, what's the problem I'm solving or opportunity I'm creating at the highest level? Like your product or service has to do one of those. Then the second thing is how well known is my product or service as well? Because that dictates what your funnel looks like and what your um, you know top of funnel looks like. Take for example, um, if you're if you're if you've invented something new and it's a solution to a problem people didn't realize they had. Like for example, I, I have the aura ring. For me, I, I can't imagine not being with, it, with, with not being without it. But that was a problem I didn't know I had. Like now that I can track my sleep and my trends and all that kind of stuff, like I can't imagine not ever doing that again. But that problem was created by someone showing me a better outcome, so a, a solution, a problem I didn't have, but a, a new opportunity, which was not just you can track your sleep but that you can improve your lifestyle by being in control of your sleep. So the first thing is like the Aura brand, a band, for example, it's, it's not a mainstream product. Like, first of all, you need to explain what the thing is that, you know, like there's um, some, some tracking stuff going on in there that tracks your whatever it is. You need to explain that this is a, a problem that is worth solving, for example, and then go ahead and start solving it. So if I was selling this, for example, I would actually niche down. Here's the thing. If you're selling this to an entrepreneur or if you're selling this to a mum who's just had a baby or, or just any parent, there's so many different angles for this. So as an entrepreneur, the more sleep you have, the more energy you have, the more energy you have, the better decisions you make, more focus you have. There's that whole process. So if I was going for um, an unaware audience about my new ring for entrepreneurs, then I would focus in on what their problem is. So it's not necessarily that I'm introducing the ring to them. I'm highlighting and amplifying a problem that they have, which for many entrepreneurs, especially in the kind of small to medium space, it is that lack of focus, energy, time to sleep and stuff like that. Now, if I can highlight that to you as a problem and really amplify it by showing you how bad it can get, the lack of sleep, how it impacts your health, your decision making, your, your revenue income, then introduce the solution, then that's the way I'd kind of bring them into my funnel. Amazing. And so we, Glenn, Glenn got the memo, and Glenn is now, you know, featured, boom, spotlight right there. So Glenn, asks, hey, what's your process? 
Um, and actually, I'm going to jump in on this one um, first, if that's okay, um, Depeche, because one of the things that um, I've, I've been talking about for for forever, really, is is about um, biohacking, life hacking, um, and efficiencies, particularly when running a business and 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 spinning plates, right? And and I refer to um, you know a, a spinning plate might be your family, a spinning plate might be um, you know uh, the, the 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 pressures to to stay fit, a spinning plate would certainly be business and people that um you know taking taking your time right and some of those plates just just as a side note some of those plates are made of glass and some of those plates are made of wood and what i mean by that is some of those plates can afford to fall off a couple of times and they might get a little chip here or there and some of those plates when they fall they are destroyed completely which is um is a metaphor i use as well for about prioritizing if, if you have to let one of those plates drop um you know let let the wood one drop not the glass one um, and it might be that the wood one is kind of like, uh, you know, letting down um, a friend over something, uh, over over an arrangement or something and explaining that as opposed to like letting a family member down or something really quite serious. But going into your actual question about um, handling high stress situations um, you're presented with while running your business, this is such an important thing. So one of the things which changed my life very, very early on was a book called Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And Hal Elrod talks about savers and uh, it's a very very short book i recommend it to everybody but it's a very very short book and savers is an acronym um for uh processes that you should do at the beginning of the day and i refer to um to the to your morning routine as putting on your body armor okay so your body armor so that you can take the day you know how like um uh, you know you everyone's experienced it where you've woken up and kind of um probably it wasn't a great habit but you've woken up you've immediately checked your phone and you've got a bad news email and it fucks up your entire day, right? Um, putting on your body armor by doing these kind of things is what protects you from all of those stuff so that you can deal with them. So savers um, refers to, I believe, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, S is scribing, A is affirmation, B is visualization, E is exercise, R is something else which i've um forgot and the other s <laughs> is silence right so the, the two s is interchangeable silence like meditation but i would say as an absolute minimum to gather your thoughts journal okay and if you don't know how to journal look it up but it's essentially just just writing on a piece of paper um safe in the knowledge that no one else is going to read it just writing on the piece of paper like like what's on my mind oh i'm kind of thinking about this maybe i'll do this and just there is no editing it's just writing because it slows down your thought to the speed that you can write meditation um there's various different forms of med meditation there's various different forms of breathing um so i've definitely looked into meditation i definitely look into apps like calm and headspace and guided meditation and it's all over youtube and so on but if you want to go further than that you can look into things like binaural beats for relaxing which is um a so sound waves which actually change the frequency of your mind um and pick the frequencies which um promote um like uh stress release things like that I'd look into box breathing as well, which is a technique that the 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 seals use for um uh for like uh, reducing stress. And if you're really really advanced, I would look into uh, breath work, deep breathe. Uh, it's called um, rebirthing uh, breathing. Um, and there's oh, so phenomenal stuff um uh, on that. And it's it, Wim Hof kind of touches upon it. It's very very similar the way he does his breathing. But um, I would say journaling and breathing are big ones, and also high intensity exercise, uh, particularly early on in the day. Is there anything you want to add to that one, Depeche? Don't think I can. That was pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess I'd kind of ask for a bit more context on what is the high stress situation. So there's there's 
internal stresses that are going on inside you, your head and stuff. Then there's external stress like revenue, profitability, your team and stuff like that. And I think what I like to do is just separate the two out. So for example, if I'm uh, high stressed because I haven't slept for the last few days, my baby's teething, like that, then the solution for that is going to be quite different to another stress, which is my team have problems or my clients or revenue and stuff like that. For, for the external ones, I, I use you know planning, going back to my goals, realigning and, and things like that, which we're actually going through right now. We're realigning our goals for Q2. Um, we, we've had to adapt and pivot things that we're doing. That for me is easier. You, you can speak to your team or whether it's yourself, just whiteboard and put your ideas back down. If it's internal stresses, then you know it comes down to energy and momentum. Momentum for me is, is quite critical because when, when I'm in flow, I produce my best work. Sometimes that flow happens early in the morning, sometimes it's late at night. Like once I um, kind of get my energy levels back up and I may or may not eat tubs of ice now and again, um, but it's about just keeping what's what's working for you and focusing on that. So, you know, things like uh, even when I, I, I have my um, vitamins and uh, supplements in the morning, that for me is part of my morning routine. So like I have my green juice and I do my exercise and it gets me, gets my mind going, gets my, my body kind of uh, the heart rate up and stuff like that. It really helps me to get my day going, especially if I feel, feel like I'm low on energy. So I need to try and pick that up because when I'm high on energy, I'm more able to be productive, have better conversations, make better decisions and stuff like that. So I, for me, it's just separating it out, whether it's an internal or external, and then deciding how you, how you tackle it off. Uh, great question, Glenn, and and, and super relevant um, to now. So I've just figured out that the questions I'm asking you from the podcast, I can also throw onto the screen so oh, that cool. people that are tuned in without sound, without sound, um, can can also read um, like what's going on right now. So um, this question from um, a younger looking chap is, uh, what's it one mistake? <laughs> what's one? I had so much hair back then. Um, what's one mistake you made in your life, and what did you learn from it? Where, where do you start? I mean, I, I think when I, I I'll, I'll talk about agency. So I started an agency in 2017 and I made a huge mistake because I went from client side into freelancing, into contracting, running my own affiliate marketing business and stuff like that, into thinking that because in 2017, I was good at Facebook ads and I'd been a chief marketing officer and I've run big teams and stuff like that. And I've worked with many agencies that I could run an agency. And I think the biggest mistake was not hiring someone with more expertise or experience or an operations director or even a CEO or something like that, that could have taken the strain of operations away from me because I'm a strategist, I'm a marketer, um, I like sales and growth and stuff like that. I, I, I learned that I'm not a professional person when it comes to running an agency. In the first six months of running it, we almost ended up closing it down because I was working 15, 16 hours a day, just keeping everything going. We, were, we had too many clients, we recruited too fast processes and everything was a complete shambles. But we were still giving our customers a great performance because for me, that was, that was all the, the be all and end all. We were charging ridiculously low fees and things like that, but we, we made it work and in the end I had a project manager who came in and just fixed the whole thing out. He built the processes, uh, helped to rebuild our plans, our structures, and gave us operational stability. 
And I think that 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 was a reminder to me. And and I remember actually when I before I started the agency, I had a chance to join someone's agency accelerator, and I thought, how difficult can it be to run an agency? And I, I made the mistake of not doing that. So with hindsight, I would have gone back. And either gone through that accelerator or actually just hired someone to do the operational part and would have been in a much better position faster. Great answer. Um, and so, yeah, a reminder to those tuned in. Don't forget, you can just comment whatever whatever platform you're on right now. Um, and we're across like five. You can just uh, comment. You can just drop a comment, a question, um, and it will uh, come in. Or you, indeed, you can do what the legend Danny is doing and actually uh, tag people that um, could benefit from this live stream right now. That's that's, that's a great um, thing to do for helping people that um, that actually might be dealing with one of these problems or might need a little bit of support um, right now. And of course, tagging them. It doesn't matter that they're coming in at this point in the show. Um, there's you know by tagging them they can actually watch back this video because they're aware of it so the next question um right now is uh is this one what book do you read do you read um or gift the most that's a terrible typo <laughs> um what book do i read or gift the most interesting um i think context matters here so um i think in terms of reading I guess for me, it's, it's religious. So like uh, being, I read the Quran, so that kind of is possibly the book that, in terms of gifting, I don't think there's one in particular that I would say a gift more than others. I think it's more down to context. So if it's a friend or family, it might be something more about, um, I, I don't know, just something that's gonna help them personally. If it's business related, then it will be business. So I think gifting is a bit more difficult, but yeah, that probably be my, um, mediocre answer to that, unfortunately. Re rephrasing, what business book springs straight to mind as a valuable book that you've read or listened to? Um, I, I think w the ones that kind of ring true in terms of the impact on me are things like Ogilvy on adver advertising, scientific advertising by Hopkins, uh, the Boron letter, things that have helped me to shift my mindset in terms of marketing and sales and get so much better at it by leaning on the, the shoulders of giants, essentially, people that were way ahead of their time, and I've just adapted that knowledge into the digital space. So I think there, there'd be a few. Um, the the Go-Giver, I don't know if you've read that book. That's such a good book. Like, when I read that, it was just such a enlightenment at the end of it, and I thought, wow, that, that I love it. Like, I, I wish that I could have continued reading it, that kind of book, um, which has so much so many valuable lessons from a business context, but also from a kind of life learning uh, perspective as well. Um, and then, you know, one thing I love to study is also behavioral psychology. So books like Predictably uh, Irrational and, and things like that, which helps me to get more deeper concept, context behind consumer psychology and how to link marketing to product and kind of create everything that we do right now. I love that. And I love it when someone says a new book as well. And that predictably a rational book is um, certainly a, a new Dan, Dan Ariely, like read, read everything he does. It's, he's just an amazing, amazing person. Right. So Glenn says, what do you look for in a person when hiring people who have potential but may not be up to speed or are inexperienced? Yeah. So I, I was, um, I've been through some management training courses in my corporate life. And one of the things they teach you is um, when you're hiring, think of it like a bicycle. So a bicycle has a steering wheel at the front, and then the power is actually generated from the back. Now, the, the way that you kind of look at it in terms of a hire is the back wheel is harder to change in someone because that's their core. That's the thing that makes their personality, 
their mindset and things like that, the front wheel can be steered. So for example, if you find someone with, you know, we talk about growth mindset, that's a real kind of go-getter, is enthusiastic, self-learner, et cetera, that's their back wheel, that's their drive, that's their kind of personality. Then their front wheel is their experience. Like, are, are they able to navigate the job? Do they have the experience and stuff like that? If you're trying to, then there's two parts of this. Depending on the type of role, either you want to hire someone who has both strong back wheel and also front wheel, and the fact you know they've got experience, they know their role, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The problem with that is, for example, if I'm going to hire someone to do Facebook ads, I have a very um, specific way of running my ads. So, you know, I have a program called the BPM method. It's structured, it's process um, uh, based. If I hire an experienced Facebook marketer to come in and I have to teach them the BPM method to become good enough to run it for our clients, it's the hardest thing to do because they've learned so many bad practices that I have to make them unlearn everything. And it takes them twice as long to become sufficient and proficient than it does for me to hire a junior that has all the core personalities. And you know, one of them is, don't be asking me for basic questions without Googling it or checking my community or checking the FAQs and stuff like that. I don't have time for that. If you come to me with a genuine question and you've researched it and you don't know the answer, I'm all over it, I'm gonna help you out. That kind of mindset makes a huge difference to me because my day is so round, it's so busy with my kids, my family, businesses, et cetera. I want to be focusing it on the best impact I can. So. If I can hire a junior that has the right core and I can train them up and, and steer them in the right direction, then that's that's going to be far more beneficial. But obviously, if you if you have an immediate need and you need to hire someone fast, let's say, for example, you're in an agency, um, one of your media buyers has left and you need to replace them ASAP and you need to hire someone with experience, then obviously you go for someone with that more experience and then you work on adapting them to your ways of working. So. I, my, my, my biggest thing is I look for personality and mindset and things like that over anything else. And, and that for me helps to build um, a, a team that has the same kind of core and value that you do as well. Great answer. And um, um, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, but um, Badira says that uh, Depeche, you're the man. And, um, and you're the man, you're the man. There you go. He's got the apostrophe in the right place, so I appreciate that in the in, in the your. Um, so another question from this handsome bloke: What silly thing should people do more of? Dance. Um, so I was. Um, I, so I'm in my office right now, and my kids were kind of doing their work. They're all stressed out and stuff, and I literally just said, "Stop! I've got a TV screen up there where I can have my laptop here, and I can project up there." Put a video dance video on, and all four of us were just just dancing and just having fun and stuff. And I think it just released the tension that they had because at the moment with the lockdowns, we're having to homeschool and it's stressful and then the kids start arguing and stuff. And they felt more energetic, their heart was pumping and then they felt happier after it as well. So I think, yeah, I think that's something I should do. I think that's a, a great of, answer. Anyway. I'll echo that. Um, I, I, I echo that um, answer as well. Um, our our two-year-old Saxon, um, he's he's a big fan of Love Generation by Bob Sinclair, and um, and what we do, we've got it like like on speed dial, if you will, for on the Sonos, and and we just hit that and that that do 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 the starting bit, and he is bopping straight away. He's <laughs> he's coming in, and we're all just silly, throwing our arms, throwing shapes, not giving a crap, and uh, yeah, it's just you feel good, right? Yeah, after that, you, you know. Um, dance like only your family is watching. Um, 
let's um let's go on to the next one so this is a new one for season two if you could change one world problem with one wish what would it be um, and you can't say corona because that's a cop out no I, I, obviously it's important yeah i mean for me it would be hunger like the world hunger thing like i still can't get my head around in in like where we are right now why there's still hunger around the world so there's so much giving there's so much charity there's so much wealth like this this is this is one thing that I just can't wrap my head around as to why this still happens. I know it comes down to greed and how people are uh, running their countries and stuff like that. Even, for example, um, Indian, and I look, their wealth is quite immense right now, yet they still have so many millions and millions of people in poverty. It's just messed up. And, and I think that would be like it's a human is delta. I, I think that's the thing that affects me the most is like why why are people still hungry i i 100 agree and i i believe that um we as entrepreneurs every entrepreneur i believe has um has a responsibility to to help make the world um a little bit more net positive is what i call and so so i refer to those people the entrepreneurs that are also um what leveraging their success to make the world better as enlightened entrepreneurs and i even have it um there on the um, nice. wall down there right and um, uh, I refer to them as enlightened entrepreneurs I believe that you can um, leverage your success um, in some way to make the world a little bit better and and, and that is why even um, even with new brew which is just like three months old I've got it over there it's, it's three months old almost to the day um, from day one like literally from launch we had a charitable element uh, baked in and we support um, the charity project healthy children um, and we fortify the food of at least one child for at least a year with every single purchase and we're we're on a mission to uh fortify one billion meals uh by 2025 and it's a two billion person uh, problem is malnutrition so we figure if we can do half of it and the rest of the world does the other half um then you know pretty cool but you know the That's world amazing. as as we make our customers as we help our customers achieve um higher mental clarity higher higher brain power and, and, and achieve whatever it is that they're trying to achieve across sport and study and uh, and their jobs and their lives and their home life and homeschooling and all the rest of it. Um, uh, these people that can afford our products and they've got their nutrition sort of nailed, we can bring the people that haven't got their nutrition nailed a little bit higher. And so everybody, everybody moves up. And I believe, um, you know, I practice what I preach, but I believe that um, as entrepreneurs, we have um, a responsibility to to, right. to make something like that into our, our business to um, to improve the world um so uh there, there's the the world uh problem so um there's a lot of people so um but says you're the man and glenn says um he certainly is um and, I, I love Glenn's um, picture by the way i do as well i i i, I also <laughs> like the, the the bend in the spine <laughs> i mean that's that's a that's a flexible seven kilograms because i can i can lift seven seven kilograms oh dear. I, I love that it's gonna make me chuckle i think every time i think about that right, i've got a couple of uh would you rather uh questions actually um for you um depeche um and here's one of them would you rather always be 10 minutes late or always be 20 minutes early well since i'm mostly late for meetings i think it'd be nice to be early for once um, but the, the thing is like i i think there's a, a mental block with how i've grown up that I can't deal with being early. Like, I just feel like it's a waste of time. I remember I turned up to a job interview and I actually turned up about 20 minutes early, actually. 
And then I was, uh, no, I was 40 minutes early. So I went to a coffee shop nearby, sat there. And this was in Hammersmith, actually. And, and I was sitting there having my coffee. And then I was just checking through emails. And then a kind of notification popped up to say, you're five minutes away from your, your interview starting. I was like, oh, shit. So it was, so I got there 10 minutes early, not 40, because I got the time wrong. And I had to sprint down this road. Uh, it was about 10 minutes away. And I literally just got there on time. I was panting. I was sweating. I had to really try and calm myself down. I actually did the Navy box um, breathing thing, which really worked to slow my heart rate down as well. But I, I just I can't do turning up early. Obviously, if I turned up early or, or late for that original appointment, it would have been a problem. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I'd, I'd probably end up always being 10 minutes late. If I had to choose between the two, um, it's not good form. But yeah, that's probably the way <laughs> I am. <laughs> All right. Um, sorry. No, this is the wrong one. Um, Danny has jumped in. Remember, guys listening, you can hey, just Danny. drop a comment in the box, and um, and uh, that will appear. Right? We can we can make it appear. Your comment, your question. Um, but Danny says, how do you motivate a junior who has displayed great potential, where the junior is your lazy eighteen-year-old son? I love that. Um, <laughs> so I only have a lazy twelve-year-old son, uh, <laughs> so I can't quite relate or answer to that. However, I have hired uh, lazy eighteen-year-old people as well. Um, the, the thing is like, you'll know this person better than anyone. And in terms of motivators and things like that, I'll give you an example. So I'm a big football fan. I, I, I played football. I've supported football. I've, Stop you know, it. anything to do with football, I'm all over it. Um, and when I had a son first, uh, my, as my firstborn, I was so excited that I could share that passion with him. He doesn't like football. He's, he's now 12. He's not really good at it. He doesn't have an interest in it. My six-year-old son, he loves it and it's great. Um, and I think, you know, that that was a good lesson for me on understanding their motivators that as much as I love that, you know, he just wasn't into it. He lo loves however, science, he loves his Xbox, he loves um, talking nerdy stuff, he li likes overanalyzing. And and so I'm trying to figure out like what he can kind of get into. Like I said, he he's uh, shown an interest. He, when I, whenever, whenever I'm on a... Uh, a sales call, client call, anything like that. He listens in. He's asking me questions about um, Facebook and e-com and stuff like that. So if I can, he's motivated within that. I'll give you an example. When fidget spinners uh, uh, kicked off, he wanted me to um, buy a particular widget spinner. And I told him that actually you can buy this for a cost price at you know one-tenth of what he was seeing in the store. And I explained it to him, showed him AliExpress, showed him how you can take it off AliExpress, put it in your store and sell it. And he was amazed by it. And, and and I think it's about unlocking what that thing is in that person. And if I look at my daughter, who's 10, she's not really into that kind of stuff, but she's super creative. When I'm actually in my uh, office studio and shooting videos and stuff, she takes an interest. And I'd love for her to get involved in videoing and creatives and stuff like that. Hey, by the end of it, I could end up with my own little mini agency team just with my family. But I think it's just figuring out those motivators um and and trying to steer them into the right path i guess you know i'm not just say that i'm experienced with parenting i'm still learning as i go but that's kind of how i try and treat, uh, treat it as well 
That's a great question and a great answer. So um, our friend Glenn says, do you have days where you have no motivation and how do you turn it around? I'd like to jump in on that as well because I can feel that, that life hacking um, uh, efficiency angle. So first up, fuck yes. Everybody has days where they have no motivation and that could be, um, it could be something like predictable like uh, diet or something you've eaten. It could be that you've woken up to bad news, gone to sleep with bad news, had an argument in some way, had bad news, um, feeling overwhelmed or, or all numbers of things and definitely as entrepreneurs you hit those highs and lows multiple times a day right to the point where your wife constantly calls you bipolar with a laugh on her face but like semi checking symptoms um but to turn it around which is your question there's a number of things you can do to like shock your system into changing it and and where by the way i'm just gonna like full disclosure i i do know these answers and do practice it on a good day but sometimes it can be super hard to practice what you preach when you're going through this so bear that in mind as well but um one thing that i think is fantastic is changing your temperature so this is this is kind of a proven method um it's changing your temperature and so going from hot to cold cold to hot so um a cold shower is a phenomenal way um to do it and it's and it it, it, for a number of reasons particularly when it's in the morning right if it's one of the early things you've done in the morning it's like an early win because um it, it doesn't really matter how many times you've done it it's still a shock to the system when you crank your shower from from a nice pleasant sort of a womb like temperature down to freezing cold but um you know if you're me and you're a little bit goofy um you would turn it down to cold and you would let it hit your chest right so you you, your thing and um yeah and if you're goofy like me you roar like a lion like you're letting out um letting out a little bit there um let that run for a little while and then crank it back to hot um and enjoy the sort of uh the tingles as your body body switches but that's a really great way to to move um to to do that another way is with um movement and rigorous movement so one of the things that tony robbins does for example he has a little trampoline and he goes really he goes to town on the trampoline and what he's trying to do is he's trying to like shake up uh the water in his body if you like imagine imagine having um you know a a mildly fizzy uh, liquid in a bottle and you're trying to shake it up so that you're getting bubbles right so it's, it's just about kind of dislodging um the 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 sort of liquid in your body or or imagine like a, a pond where the, the the scum is just kind of floating on top and it just needs a good shake up kind of thing to um do so that's that's another thing as well just just movement some squats some some punches some jumps some some burpees some star jumps just something to just kind of get your heart rate going a little bit um yep. And then uh, if it's mental support you're after, then, uh, you know, I, I think masterminds and mentorship um, programs and things like that are are fantastic. But if you can't afford those or for whatever reason you haven't got those, uh, look to um, look to like seeking out some sort of digital mentors that don't necessarily know that you're using them as mentors. And, and one technique that I learned was um, taking like uh, using things like podcasts, for example, to um, listening to a lot of podcasts by the same person to sort really begin to gauge how they make their decisions and and by doing that you can kind of have like um you know a, a tony robbins a, um, a, a tim ferris um uh, you know whatever like roland fraser cameron harrow whatever like um up there as, as your as your mentors because you begin to understand how they think autobiographies also are another great way of doing that and so then what you can do you can literally print out photos 
of them, um, like, you know, where you can see. And the, the things that you're you're struggling with or having trouble with, you can um, literally ask that question and you can almost subconsciously begin to answer that question um, as as the mentor, like because you're beginning to know what they say. You, you kind of, in the same way that you might know what your wife's going to say when you say to, something to her, you begin to second guess what they're going to say. And you can get these different angles and different viewpoints that can help you. But certainly mentorship, mastermind, um, you know, speaking to, to other people, um, in a similar situation, similar people to you as well, is a great way of uh, turning round a day where you don't have um, motivation. Um, what are you going to add? The only thing I'd add is one thing I found more recently is I turn my virtual reality device on and I find something that's going to just feel away from um, happening on, around me. So, for example, even yesterday, I was feeling quite... Um, overwhelmed and overwhelmed leads to lack of motivation as well and there's an app on the o oculus so i've got the oculus quest called drunken bar fight it's just so funny <laughs> you walk into the bar and you're just fighting and it just it's funny it's hilarious you just beat people up throw things at them and um i felt better after that so yeah i think it's that that kind of stuff works and then there's other games and stuff you can play but sometimes that kind of just forgetting about the world around you and just doing something different helps there's uh there's a Star Wars one with lightsaber fights, and it's just super cool, which I like to do as well. So sometimes just moving yourself out of your situation helps. Um, you know, pretty much as you've said, get the heart pumping, do something to shake yourself up. It's, it, it works. I love that. Um, here's, a, here's another one. What inspired you to be an entrepreneur and what keeps motivating you to keep pushing forward? This is an interesting one. So I, I've been asked before, like, what got you into entrepreneurship and stuff? And um, my, my thought was always in 2009, I was in the corporate world, I got made redundant, spent three months without a job, couldn't pay the bills, all that kind of stuff. So my that, that was kind of the backstory that fired me into entrepreneurships, which, uh, entrepreneurship, which was I had no job, I needed money. And so I, that's how I ended up in affiliate marketing because that's the easiest way to make money. And it you know, kind of still is as well, if you do it right. So that kind of got me into entrepreneurship because until 2009, I was an employee and that's all I ever wanted to be. That's all I ever knew to be. So that I'm thankful for that hard experience that I went through, which was deep depression and many other uh, not so good things, kicks me into the world of entrepreneurship. And I can't imagine not being here. So I don't think it was so much motivation as, a, as much as a kick in the backside. But actually, as I start to share my backstory in my kind of younger life a lot more, I realized actually entrepreneurship was always there. So at 10 years old, uh, me and my friend used to go car washing with a bucket and sponge. And we used to knock on neighbors' doors and we used to charge them two pound a car wash and we'd split one pound each. And, and that became our, our pocket money because our families were poor. We never got treats and sweets and stuff like that. So we, that became our pocket money. We were making anywhere between 10 and 20 pounds a week, which as a 10-year-old child buys a hell of a lot of sweets, I can tell you that. Um, it also enabled me to buy a second-hand pair of Reebok. So back in my day, Reebok Pump was the shoe that everyone wanted. I, I could, my parents could never afford it. I'd never ask anyway. But I saved up, I think it was like £20 for a second-hand pair of Reebok Pump. And that made me feel amazing because all my friends had it. And now all of a sudden, I had it as well. Um, and I think if, if I look back, that was probably the entrepreneur that was always there in me. Um, but that got covered by me going to school and university and being told that you work nine to five you get an income and, and that's pretty much life so i think that's that that's kind of um 
the the thing that got me into it and then what keeps me going is i i absolutely love what i do i've been in many jobs where i haven't enjoyed it i can decide what i do what i sell what i focus on uh right now um uh, glenn said he had pumps as well um like right now i have an agency i have an info product business i absolutely love teaching like if there's one thing that i could do from everything i'm doing right now is to do teaching i love in-person masterminds I, I love seeing the transformation in people and the feedback and stuff like that. So I absolutely love teaching and, and I can make money out of it, which is even better. So I think that kind of stuff helps keep me motivated. Great stuff. And so we've got um, time for maybe um, one or two um, questions um, more. I want to be respectful. We, we have, well, I don't, know, I don't know if we've overrun officially, or but we, we've certainly been going on for um, quite a long time. So back to back to the season two questions. Um, what unusual or underrated food or drink should more people try out? So I was speaking to my son about this today, actually. Oh, was it? No, some sometime in, in this week. <laughs> it's all um, a blur, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is, actually. <laughs> uh, we, we, the bins are supposed to be put out because we don't usually do it. And it's like, I don't know what date goes, what bin it is, what whatever um but yeah i think um I, I was speaking to him about um chapatis i don't know if anyone eats indian food and wrapping a banana inside it's so good um and and like he was like oh that's disgusting and you know as it is with kids you have to say just try it and you'll see and um it's, it's a bit of a weird mix but it works just like putting um uh, a banana in um in, in foil and putting chocolate inside and putting a barbecue actually works really well as well so yeah, yeah that'd be my little mini one Oh, that's that's awesome actually um that's not i mean that's not that weird and before today maybe i would have thought um your suggestion was um a little bit more unusual than it was but um i had a guest earlier on um a guy named Tra uh, travis sigler who we had an awesome um awesome awesome um interview and uh his his answer to that question was taking a um a dill pickle spear um let me get this right smearing crunchy peanut butter on it Putting it into like a like a hot dog bun, preferably gluten free. Okay, it's not so weird right now. And then dipping it into vanilla almond milk. Okay, yeah, that's weird. And weird. I, I realise now I'm I'm like miming eating that that thing. You can you can get. I don't need to do the mime. You know, maybe two handed. That's better than um, one handed there. Uh, particularly for the people on mute. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit a little bit weird. But again, he was like, you know, don't knock it until you've tried it. And yes, it did initially come from a. a it was a pregnant woman that thought up that um, <laughs> that particular meal in the first place. But he he learned to like it. So um, final question, uh, Depeche and and you and you've been amazing um but um i absolutely uh, want to ask you this and i think it's, it's it's super important and so here it is what makes you happiest i have to say right now it's my kids like everything i'm doing everything i'm building for the future and you know like for example we we learned early on to teach the kids the value of money for example so i remember where it felt like my youngest is now 12 was getting too many things that he wanted to the extent that it just became another object or, you know, it wasn't so fun. I remember in my time, the first time um, I went from uh, buying a, a cheeseburger as a, as, a, uh, as a kind of youngster to being told I could actually have a quarter pounder at uh, McDonald's. And that for me was a huge milestone. Like, can, can I really have that? Do we have enough money for it? My, my kids just they didn't have that value. And we've worked really hard over the last five, six years to... Um, instill the values and stuff and to make things a lot better. Um, but I think just for me, the happiest part is 
seeing the smile on my kid's face. And it's, it's, it's moving away from buying them things and giving them experiences to just being present. That's the biggest thing I've learned with parenting is, you know, and, and I, I take some of my learnings that my dad works 24 seven, seven days a week, all that kind of stuff. We, we didn't see him that often. And he went through the phase that I almost went through, which was, I want to provide for my kids. I want to earn enough money for them. I want to buy them what they want and stuff like that. But but children just want their parents to be present. And I think that's the biggest thing that I learned. Um, like, for example, last summer, we went for, I think it was a 10-day cruise. And fortunately, there's no Wi-Fi. There's no cell signals. And so I had no choice but to switch off my tech and stuff. And we really, really enjoyed it. And I think that was a good experience because it allowed me or forced me to be 100% um, present. Even though sometimes I try and do it consciously, I'm always in the back of my mind thinking, you know, I've got to go and check my Asana task list or I've got this thing coming up and all that kind of stuff. But that was literally isolation on a boat in the sea, no choice but to be present with them. And, and, and that really just kind of fuels my fire and kind of builds up that, builds a huge credit bank of motivation and everything as well. Amazing, amazing answer to um, what has been a, a powerful, varied and diverse, but uh, powerful um, information filled uh, interview. Um, at this point, just before we wrap up, Depeche, um, have you got any asks or requests of the audience? No, not really. I think, um, you know, one thing I would say is, especially in the UK, like people are not taking this isolation thing uh, seriously enough. So I don't know where people are at, whether they do believe it's a conspiracy, whether they don't. I, I've seen firsthand, like this, just this week, a good friend lost three people in her family. Another friend lost one of his close friends. Um, I've been through the experience myself. Take this stuff. I think that's just one that's my takeaway. I think most of the people in the online community that the communities that I'm in do get it, but um, just stay safe. Honestly, don't don't play around. It's your life at the end of the day, and the lives of the people around you as well. I think that's I think that's a powerful statement. So um, those of you who are still live, thank you so much for um, taking the time. Please um, hit give uh, show your appreciation for Depeche and um, that, that he's taking the time by um, hitting those react buttons. If there was anything that you enjoyed in this show, there's a good chance that someone you know would also have enjoyed it and also benefit from it. So even at this um, stage in the video, if you just tag them in the comments, they'll get a notification and they'll have the opportunity to watch back this video because it'll be on their newsfeed. And we've all got a little bit more time on our hands but potentially and um and so anything that actually um gives value in this in this time that isn't in fact a, a tiger king video um is is beneficial <laughs> not that tiger king i mean we did we went a whole interview with always not mentioning it um santosh says hi uh depeche and martin hi hi santosh and um and glenn says love the entire live stream thank you so much for both of you um we really appreciate your involvement glenn and asking questions and everybody else that's been involved Absolutely. and everybody else that's watching this after the live stream but um for now depeche thank you so much for taking the time this evening to, to share your value to be authentic to be hilarious and to be the muscle man with your seven kilogram um ball as well and yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i hope that wasn't a body part that fell off during the corona um thing, <laughs> but, but, but um yeah dude yeah once once again um you know um it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and, and thank you so much absolutely and guys go and subscribe to smart destiny i don't know if you guys have seen the other interviews but they're all absolutely ace so Thanks, Martin. And uh, hopefully when this whole lockdown's over, I look forward to actually meeting you in person finally as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll be 20 minutes late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Take care and we'll, we'll speak again soon.
Hey there, you incredibly good-looking human. Thanks so much for listening. If you had a good time today and would like more good times in the future, please hit that subscribe button and leave a heartwarming review. I read them all and it will go a long way to help others out there benefit from all the teachings of this show. Don't forget, we release two interviews per week, plus a shorter, actionable and tactical show in between. And if you want to get in touch or otherwise learn more about me, head to martincook.co.uk or smarterdestiny.com. I really appreciate you. You're an incredible human. Until next time, keep crushing. Oh,